Hello everyone and on behalf of Keith and myself we want to welcome you again that you've came to join with us and we thank you so much for just being a part of our ministry and we're so thankful to know that you know each one of you are coming on and encouraging us each week and we just pray that as we read God's word and go around his word that you will be encouraged and blessed. Thanks Ruth and that's uh, good to be with you again. We're looking at James chapter 1 verses uh, 19 to 27 today. We're thinking about um, living the Word of God publicly in our lives, being really authentic, if you want, about um, our, our faith in Christ. So James opens here in verse 19 with an immediate challenge to us, to these, these believers who have been dispersed, have been scattered um, to different parts of the world, not by their own choosing, but by a persecution that came upon them. And so he writes, my beloved brothers, be quick to hear. He's telling every believer in Jesus that we should be quick to listen. And that's a challenge to us. We, we read the word of God. We've got the spirit of God who takes his word and ministers to us. And we want to hear what God is saying. So we need to be quick to listen. And then he continues that we should be slow to speak. So we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, because oftentimes we, we speak too quickly. Um, we, we say things without having thought it through. And James is exhorting us to really get this tongue under control, to um, not just to unleash um, speech, if you want, but to really be thinking about what we're saying. So he's going to tell us a lot more about that later on. But he's challenging us right here to get our tongues under control. And then he tells us in verses, uh, continuing verse 19 into 20, we should be slow to anger. And he says that we should be slow to anger because... The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. That is, the human anger that we have, it's never going to accomplish um, glory to God from that sort of perspective in a human reasoning. We know that we have a, an anger that does glorify God, and we need to use that. But that the, the Spirit through the Word will teach us when that's appropriate. Otherwise, we need to be very sensitive and keep this um, anger in control. So don't permit anger to rule your life if you want, anger to control your life. Rather, you control the anger in your life if you want. And then in verse 21, he exhorts us to put aside all filthiness, no wickedness. He uses um, a word called rupos there, speaking of filthiness, and it refers to the buildup of wax um, in the ear. And this causes man's hearing to become uh, dull or deficient if you want. And James equates this spiritually. He says, as you, as you read the word of God, as the spirit takes us, if you've got this hearing defect, um, you're not going to be sort of um, suited to the ways that God wants to minister to you. So you have to clear that up, get that clear, have your ears clear and ready to listen to God's word. And then part of another part of that is to remove wickedness from our lives. Make sure there's no wickedness in your life, uh, no hidden sins, uh, no motives that are sort of sensitive in, in the wrong way. And the attitudes in, in life that would hinder um, God ministering to us. We want to have this, be this vessel that can receive the word of God, take the word of God into our lives, and then live that out through our lives. He continues there in verse 21 to tell us that if we're going to get this word into our lives, this word of God, we have to receive it with humility. Uh, and humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So let this word be received by us in a humble fashion. Don't think yourself above it. Don't think you're better than it. He's saying, don't just say amen to it. Don't agree with the word, but rather obey the word. Um, obey the truth of God's word and live God's word through your life. And by doing this, he says, you, you then prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not only hearers 
who deceive themselves, these hearers who just hear the word of God, but don't put it into practice. He says that they're a deceived people. You want to hear this word and let it be alive in your life. Uh, Eugene Peterson in his message translation um, writes this verse with these words. He says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you're anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act, he says, on what you hear. When you get this word, act upon it, live it, uh, make it be public to your fellow man. So James is calling, if you want, for biblical activists, of people who don't just murmur amen to the word, but of people who believe this word, practice this word, who believe in this word, and will even die for this word. And that's a pretty big calling he's putting on our lives. But James says, that's where the word of God should be taking you every time you go. The Greek term for um, those who hear the word only, it refers to a person who, like, oh, it's a university course. They listen intently, take lots of notes, um, but they have no assignments, no exams, no responsibilities to the outcomes expected from the course. So they're just taking in all this information. Now, such people, GM seems to say that if you're doing that in a spiritual sense, you're, you're deceiving yourself. You're taking this word, but you're not living it. He wants the people who are going to live the word of God publicly. So then in verses 23 and 25, um, he, he refers to these two types of people, the hearers and the doers. And he calls us to, to live out the teaching of scripture through a vessel that we've been entrusted with called our lives. This, this, this human vessel, this being, he says, that's how you live this word of God, through your actions, your activities, your lifestyle. That's what people see. That's what people look to. And that's what people are going to understand. And so he wants to challenge any confusion that there might be among his listeners who are familiar with the law, the Jewish law, but of course, you know, Christ has fulfilled the law. So this law being perfect, he refers to this perfect law in verse 25. He says that comes from God. But remember how Jesus spoke of this law, this perfect law, in Mark 12, 29 to 31. Jesus was confronted by a young scribe, a young lawyer, if you want, and he asked Jesus, the question, um, what, what, what I do this law? What's the greatest commandment or whatever? And Jesus responded, the first of all the commandments is, here are listen, O Israel, to speaking to the Jews, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So this is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these, says Jesus. So it's important for us to grasp. Paul clarified the thought of this perfect law to the Galatian church in, in Galatians 5.14 when he wrote, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the hearer, he hears these words, but he's no intention of um, attempting to live them out in his lifestyle and society. So he just gets on with his own life. He goes to church, he does his thing, he calls himself a believer, but he's really only this, this hearer. He's not a practitioner of the word. And James says, that's not enough. You've got to be a practitioner. If you're not living it, then don't claim that you belong to it or that you're practicing it. That's really uncomfortable to hear, but that's what we need to hear. But we're called by God to put his word into action today in the lives that we live before our fellow man and this can only happen as we move from being hearers of the word only to becoming doers of the word so then he tells us now in verse verses 26 and 27 if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart 
This person's religion, this person's lifestyle is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. It's very direct here. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. <clears throat> so James wants us to be clear that to be an authentic believer, to be an authentic church today, we're, we've got this responsibility to, to hold the truth and to practice the truth together collectively. And um, don't try and separate these truths. Notice how direct James is here uh, as he tells us what authentic Christianity is not if you want. If anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't control his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is useless. So it's a really serious statement. And what we say and what we do should always complement each other. We need to speak the truth, God's truth, that is according to scripture. And then we, we practice that truth. That is, we live the truth publicly before our fellow man, everywhere we go, we live this truth because we believe this truth. That's what James wants to see. So authentic Christianity is not saying one thing and then doing another. Authentic Christianity is not saying, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, and not living out the mandates of God's word. That's what I think James would refer to as being a hypocrite, hypocrisy. Whether ignorant or unknown, it remains as hypocrisy. James says, you've got to live this truth. If you're going to be a believer, then live it. Make, it, make it public. So in verse 27, we're informed by James as to what true religion, real Christianity is. <clears throat> if you want to see how practical, I want you to really see how practical James, James is so practical that he refers to the, he refers to the need for the church, and not just the church leaders, not just the, the paid clerical staff, but the whole church to visit the orphans and the widows during their time of need. It was something that the church in Jerusalem had been neglecting. So James is now confronting them, even in their separation. This is the test of our authenticity, if you want, as believers. It's not how often do you attend church, not how much you give, not how many good deeds you do for others, but it is, do we look after those who need our help, even if they're not of the faith? Are we willing to reach out and say, you know what, we want to show you Christ. We're not just going to say these words, we're going to express them to you. So let's be careful as we do that, never to, to separate them. Because James says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained or unspotted from the world. That's how we do this, by getting involved and ministering to others. So the people that you meet on the way to work, the people you meet in work, the neighbors you have around you, all these people, we've got a responsibility to, to live Christ before them. And that's what the, the challenge, I believe, of uh, these, these verses in James really is. Are you willing to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, a true evangelical Bible-believing Bible practitioner that says, yes, I take this truth and I live it with my life? That's what Christianity really is. It's a big challenge. Thanks for listening. Trust that you'll be blessed as you put this into practice this week. It's another big step for all of us. But um, yeah, let's hear from you and let's hear how you go with that. We want to encourage you, we want to help you. But we're all in this journey together of being truly authentic Christians. James is going to keep telling us that. So stay blessed as you keep walking with Pastor James and learning and discovering what it means to be a real, true, Bible-believing practitioner of God's Word. Be blessed as you do so. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. Catch you soon.